Christopher. What? Do you or anyone you love have a beard, lips, or skin? You. I have a beard, lips, and skin? No. What do I have? No hair, no beard. <laughs> no hair and no beard. Well, um, Daddy just shaved off his beard. What do you think about that? He just has a mustache. I don't have a mustache. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Talking to the microphone. Oh. I don't have a mustache, you silly boy, but I am regrowing my beard. And the biggest reason that I shaved it off is because I didn't take good care of the last one. So I'm going to take very good care of my next one with Catholic Beard Bomb. And you have hair on your cheeks. <laughs> I do have hair on my cheeks. If you or anyone you love have a beard, lips, or skin, you can go to ForteCatholic.com slash beard and get all the great products for for your beard, lotions, and oils, and combs. And lipstick. And Not lipstick, but lip balm. You can get lip balm for your lips. So all you ladies who have lips, and if you have skin, any of you who have skin, there's lotion. ForteCatholic.com slash beard to get 11% off. And if we just got a new way to purchase this. So if you've gotten this discount before, you can get it again. Get it right now for Christmas time. It's the greatest gift that we've ever received after Jesus. Amen. Warning. What you are about to hear is a really loud Catholic dude. After all, he ain't called the Forte Catholic for nothing. So relax your grip on the steering wheel. Pull your headphones away ever so slightly. Secure any loose articles and muffle Junior's ears because it's time to make Catholicism fun again on the Forte Catholic Show with Taylor Schroll on Red Sea Catholic Radio. other than our 14th favorite Italian, Sean Alexander Leandro McAfee. How are you, Shawnee boy? I'm great. So that's behind the 13 canonized popes? Uh, are there only 13? I don't know. I'm I think there's up. more than that, but there's only 13 that I like more <laughs> than you. <laughs> How are you, man? Merry Christmas, buddy. It's Christmas. Yeah, great. Great. Great to talk to you this month. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. This is, we, our friendship is once a month. Uh, Any more, and it would drive either of us insane. So we just say, hey, we'll meet once a month. And I was even like, hey, do you want to meet before the show to like talk about what we're going to talk about? And you're like, absolutely not. I have a quota with you. We're not going to talk anymore. <laughs> Surprise me. And, and you know the truth on this whole situation is it, it didn't even work out that way. It didn't even work out that smoothly. I was trying to make you sound better than what you did to me. So. And I, I absolutely failed you. I was, I was uh, slow to the podcast tonight. It's okay. It's okay. People, p- most people say you're slow on the podcast. But that's because so. we just had Christmas. Right. Exactly. He said as we record <laughs> three days before Christmas. Okay. Um, so, Sean, I don't know you all that well. That's a lie. I know you quite well. But I don't oh, know okay. you well in these categories. One of them... I should know the answer, and I don't. The other two, why would I have ever known the answer? <laughs> is this like the newlywed game? This is going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, not at all. So this past weekend, in my recollection, the second biggest pop culture day in my memory. We had the first one earlier this year, whenever uh, Endgame came out, which was you know the, the end of uh, like l- literally over a decade of films all leading up to this one thing. 
Uh, and then we also had the Game of Thrones finale that same weekend. So it was like arguably one of the you know most critically acclaimed t- TV shows of all time. And this pop culture phenomenon of the Marvel movies. And we did a whole show on that. And it was fun. I loved that weekend. We had a similar one. Not quite as big. But very similar. So Star Wars. The, the Skywalker saga came to an end after 42 years. 42 years of movies, Whoa. books, comics. Like all this is a story that I'm highly invested in. That part of it came to a close last weekend. On the same day... The movie The Two Popes came out. Have you heard about this at all on Netflix? Yeah, yeah, that was uh, like I think was it this month or was it last month? Uh, so it came out in a few in select theaters a few weeks ago, but it dropped on Netflix last weekend. Oh, uh, it's a movie. I thought it was a series. No, no, it's a movie. Uh, Anthony Hopkins and I forget the other guy's name, but he played like the <laughs> the religious leader in Game of Thrones, and they cast him because he looked exactly like Pope Francis, and oh, he does. Right, yeah, he yeah. looks exactly like Pope Francis, and so. For months, I've been looking forward to this movie. Um, I'm like, we, I planned with Matthew Sewell from the Popecast uh, podcast uh, to talk about the show, the movie with him, and that's what we're going to be doing today. In the second segment, I'm going to be uh, doing my first. Our it's a two part conversation. The first half will be on this show. Second half will be on his. Also this week, uh, just kind of our thoughts on. This movie, The Two Popes, I loved it. That, that's that's the little sneak peek that you get. Like I was. Oh, you you liked it a lot. Yeah, I would. I th- I okay. knew going in, I would have thoughts on the movie. Number one, I I knew that I would enjoy it as a piece of art first and foremost, right? Uh, just because Anthony Hopkins is one of my favorite actors. Like watching these two guys, essentially, it was just the two of them, right? It's, the, it's about two popes. They're playing Benedict XVI and Francis, and just I I was looking forward to just kind of watching them act that secondly as a catholic i knew that i was going to have thoughts on it right (laughs) like and and honestly i thought it was going to be mostly negative thoughts overwhelmingly positive you'll hear more of my thoughts on that later in the second segment and then sure have you ever heard of of the witcher series so it's like a video game series and and books and stuff yeah it's Uh, on netflix now right yeah it came out on the same day so (laughs) so all of these things Wow, man. You are just like overwhelmed with all the media you can handle right now. And guess where I was on this December is the 20th? This time of year for Taylor. It really it's the most wonderful time <laughs> of the year. Uh, guess where I was on December 20th when literally all of these came out? Uh, you were not near a theater. I was very near a theater, just couldn't go. I was on our staff retreat. I was stuck oh, stuck yeah, with okay. stuck in silence with Jesus for a day and a half. So cool you get to do those. It's so cool you get to do those. It was really cool. And like honestly, like I love these retreats. I look forward to them. Uh, usually we just do one in May, but we were like, hey, let's do a smaller mini one in December. Uh, first of all, because we know that it's it's the end of the semester. We're all kind of crazy and stressed. Well, we're crazy all year, but stressed at this time of the year. Uh, let's take some time to slow down, but also to like, we welcomed a new staff member, like to help, help him become part of the staff as well. So it was fun. Of of those three, did you anticipate any of those three things coming out? Like, were you excited about any of those three pieces of art coming out? I feel like the same as you did, uh, did about the two popes is I was expecting complete controversy and I've heard almost utter silence or satisfaction from people who have watched it. So I'm really glad to hear that. I thought actually thought it was a series since it was coming out on Netflix. I've been looking forward to it for a few months. So that actually is good news for me because I do not have a lot of time. I can just sit down and devote a couple hours to one movie. That's going to be good. Yeah, it's Being not The overs- Irishman. It's not going to take you three weeks to watch one movie. 
<laughs> yeah, actually. Okay. So at the Irishman, great movie. My wife and I started it like nine o'clock at night. We got through like an hour, both fell asleep, said, this is enough. Kid wakes up at one o'clock in the morning. My wife goes, and I can't sleep after that happens. So I watched the rest of the movie at like 1 a.m. by myself. And my poor wife, she hasn't even gotten gotten through the rest of it. I said, this is such a good movie. It made me cry. Anyways, uh, Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker, yeah. I, uh, or Fall of Skywalker, something, Skywalker's Revenge, Re- Revenge yeah. of the Skywalker. Any of those will work. <laughs> so, no. But, but before, uh, before we move on to Star Wars, I have to ask you a follow-up question on The Irishman. Um, <laughs> because I very much enjoyed the first half. The second half, here's my question for you in the second half. What's the okay. better way to fall asleep at 1 a.m.? Watching the second half of The Irishman, or praying a rosary. What's the best way to fall asleep at 1 a.m.? Uh, the easiest way to fall asleep is probably the rosary. <laughs> I say that as a lay Dominican, truly in love with the rosary. But you, did, you didn't like the second half? We could talk about this for the rest of the podcast. Right. No, I was bored out of my mind. It was so slow. <laughs> the first half was so good. Like, there's a moment. I don't want to spoil it for people because, you know, now that everybody's on their break, they can spend the four hours watching the dang movie. But there's, there's a big moment where there is an absolutely surprising thing that happens. The movie should have ended 10 minutes after that, and it goes on for another two hours. (laughs) Yeah. You know what you're talking about. Yeah. The the big moment. You know what I'm talking about. It's tough to be overseas and do the Star Wars thing because it's here for like a week, at least here where I live. So on base, it's here for like a week. They only get special rights to the movie, and I just don't have the time to go see it. I doubt I will. Um, but I'll probably catch on like Google play or something, you know, four months from now when nobody cares about it. Right. Yeah. Speaking of things that people care about, like I, I am going to do a, a star Wars spoiler cast. It's not this episode. It's not going to be within a regular episode because I don't, I don't want it to be spoiled. I had something spoiled for me. I turned off the internet, Sean, for two, like two or three days. Like I was, oh, wow. at, I was at the retreat staying away from anything that could have, could have spoiled it. Like for days leading up to it, like from the day that it launched. And then my wife and I walk into the theater and as they're walking to the theater, people like they weren't intentionally like being rude or being jerks or anything, but they're coming out of the movie very excited and talking very loudly about like, oh, this moment at the end when so-and-so did such thing. And I'm like, I literally <laughs> turned around and I said, hey, y'all need to stop. Like, I know y'all are excited, but you're spoiling it for us. And they're like, oh, like they didn't re- like, you know, like things happen out of oh. excitement. Oh, (laughs) Uh, yeah. And then they left. They kind of laughed and then left because I was like yelling playfully. I was like, come on, guys. I turned the Internet off for three days and you're ruining it literally three minutes before the film starts. Okay, so I have a dumb question. You're probably not going to like that. I'm going to bring this up, but I haven't been to the States in a few years. Whenever I left the States, every single big movie came out in a 3D premiere. Is this one like 3D? No, that that trend has thankfully died. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Cool. Uh, hey, dispose of your sunglasses in the trash can outside <laughs> so we can reuse them on the next greasy face person that comes in here. <laughs> uh, uh, greasy face, that's just because you're in Italy, buddy. It's not all yeah. of us. Oh, <laughs> Says the. Yeah. Uh, I I I, uh, I can relate. It's all the flop sweat. Everybody knows. So I will be doing the spoiler cast on it. It'll be a cu- podcast just by itself. It'll say spoilers on it. It'll probably come out in the next week or two. I want to give people a chance to go see the movie. And then I will tell you about all the times that I cried during the movie because essentially I cried for two and a half hours. It was I, I thought it was oh. beautiful. And uh, oh. I have seen some negative comments on it. Mostly it's people that just want to hate on everything on the internet. So if you're being... 
the Grinch about this, if you're being uh, miserly, then uh, all I want you to know is if, if you're being that person, um, the ghost of Star Wars past is going to come visit you tonight, um, the ghost of Star Wars present, and the ghost of, of the future of Star Wars, the ghost of Baby Yoda, is going to come visit you uh, while you're sleeping. Stop being so grumpy. The end. Amen. The Star Wars yet to come. The Star Wars yet to come. How many more Star Wars will there be? So, oh, there will be an infinite amount, man. There will. It's a money. It's a money maker. Shake your money maker like somebody about to pay him. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Well, okay. Um. So it's finally Christmas, and Sean, you said something. I don't. I can't remember if it was before we started recording or right after because my brain doesn't work today. Because I'm. I'm. I'm on break. What do I care? Uh. But we ha- we had all this waiting for for me. I mean, like most of the world was waiting for Star Wars. I was very much looking forward to the two popes. Uh, a lot of like gaming nerds like me were very much looking to the Witcher. And it all was here. Like it all it all showed up. It finally made it. Star Wars made me really happy. Two popes made me really happy. I'm two episodes into the Witcher. I'm not quite sure yet, but I'm I'm enjoying it and I'm holding out judgment until I get through the rest of the episodes. But all this waiting and it was finally here, and I'm very happy with it. Now, I have mentioned before that Advent did not go very well for me. And you mentioned the same thing, that you're like, oh, this hasn't been all that great. Uh, And Christmas is finally here. So do we have the same feeling that Jesus is finally here and all this excitement that I had for Star Wars, The Two Popes, and The Witcher being good? Am I that excited? Are you that excited? About? We waited for Jesus, and Jesus showed up. Are we happy about this? I have been out of tune with the liturgical season. Um, Every single Advent, or Lent every single year, I end up being away from my family for at least two of the weeks. This last month, I had to fly to DC for two weeks, uh, unexpected spur of the moment. It was a great opportunity for me because that had to do with my work and it was a special moment. But yeah, I was away congratulations, from buddy. Like you're being modest. Like t- tell the people what you did. Like it was very special. Oh, well, I, I won an award from the Secretary of the Army for excellence in my career field, and it, it was really cool. You were recognized by the, like, by the United States of America, which is like very rarely happens for an Italian citizen, so I'm really happy for you. <laughs> yeah, it was all about the split diplomacy. No, uh, yeah, so I, I was there. Um, I, I went to the – I went to – did one of the things I've always wanted to do, which is go to the Basilica of the Immaculate Conception – or the Basilica of the Shrine of the Immaculate Conception there in D.C., and I avoided a stabbing by like 30 seconds that I had very mixed feelings about. Um, they say God thing. Well, I believe it was like semi-miraculous the way me and this Dominican nun were evacuated from that parking lot just seconds before. So all, all, the, all these events and then getting back to work and being busy and having nobody in the office and then having to take care of the house and the kids and shop and all this other stuff, it's been completely out of tune with the season. So I'm looking forward to, a, um, I guess, a restful next few days and uh, just, just spending some family time, maybe, you know, singing some songs with the kids and just doing that family thing, you know, our family traditions around the holidays and I guess moving into the new year. You know, all those great Christmas traditions like singing Baby Shark with your kids, right? Oh, yeah. They love that one. They they love the Paw Patrol song and the Baby Shark song. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, so here's the thing. Like right at the end of Advent, uh, I, I was I was pretty honest on the show and I was, uh, I was pretty honest like in the last talk that I gave in 2019 – was for uh, one of our local communities here called The Well. And I was like, like I lead worship for this thing every month. And I just got up in front of them and I was like, 
Advent didn't go well. Like I'm, I haven't been waiting well. Like I've been too busy. Like here's this time where the church is telling us to slow down, and I'm not slowing down. And I finally, I finally had the retreat. That was some good, good times where I was able to literally just slow down. But um, there was a story that I shared like right before Advent, and it connects to, I, th- I think this Christmas season where we're where we're celebrating, right? And it's the the cure on the Sabbath. So uh, I'm sure you've read your Bible before. It's the uh, especially when you were a Protestant. I know that once you became Catholic, you stopped reading your Bible. But it, you probably remember the story. So there's a a man outside of the pool of Bethesda. Do you remember this story? Yes. Okay. Uh, I like this story because Bethesda is one of my favorite game developers. But you know that's beside the point. So. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good old Skyrim. Which way is this gonna go? <laughs> uh, we'll probably end up just talking about The Witcher again. You know, whatever. Um, so. Uh, Around these pools lay a large number of ill, blind, lame, crippled. Uh, one man was there who had been ill for 38 years, <laughs> which is which is a long time to be ill, if you ask me. So, like, here I am, like, oh, my advent didn't go well. Yeah, that was that was 25 days, but like, you you didn't wait well for 25 days. This guy waited for 38 years, and we'll see if he waited well. Uh, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been ill for a long time, he said to him. Do you want to be well? And like, what would your reaction be? What do you think? If you were this man, what do you think your reaction would be? Hey, Jesus walks up to you laying down after 38 years. Do you want to be well? Uh, fortunately for me, I'd be I'd be full of sarcasm at that point or irritation. Like, that's <laughs> such an obvious answer. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I, I would be v- very similar. Like, you dope. Of course I want to be healed. You know, like be really frustrated. But here's what's interesting. The man who was actually in this situation didn't answer, of course I want to be well. The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. While I'm on my way, somebody else gets down there before me. So, like, he doesn't answer the question. He doesn't say yes or no. He's so focused on the practicals and all the things that needed to be done, where it's like, yeah, I'm trying to get down there. Nobody's going to help me. And it's all, you know, like, all, you can see where he's just kind of gone down this, this path of just focusing on, on the practicals and nothing else. And I love what Jesus says. Jesus says to him immediately, rise, take up your mat, and walk. So obviously heals the man after 38 years. That's the big thing. But the big thing that I noticed in the midst of this this season that didn't really go well for me was this guy was stuck in the practicals and not the spiritual. And Jesus met him in the practicals. He, he said, rise, take up your mat, walk. None of that is like super holy and pious. Like the healing is, right? Right, right. He, hey, get, get up and go. Immediately, the man became well, took up his mat, and walked. <laughs> like, very, very practical. Um, and it wasn't until later, like, th- this man goes and shares this news, and then, the, you know, people want to kill him because Jesus healed on the Sabbath. And it's like, eh, of course, everybody wants to kill Jesus anytime he does something nice, you know? Um, right. But it wasn't until later that he walked up to them, or the man walked up to him, and, and, and he said, like, my father is at work until now, so I am at work. So like, even when this man didn't recognize that Jesus was at work, that the father was at work for those 38 years of waiting, he was working even into that time and even to now. So here we are in this Christmas season, uh, right after the Advent season that didn't go well in the Schroll house or the McAfee house. And yet Jesus still meets us at Christmas. Jesus still comes into our practicals. Um, You got any thoughts on that before we wrap up? Uh, two things. I'll try to summarize them. I think it's really cool. You, you point out, he, he, you know, Jesus works within the practicals, but I also think Jesus, I think those gospel narrators are so cool because they, they, they give in, in all these miracle stories, they eliminate all possibilities of the miracle being devoted to anything other than Jesus. So 
which which gospel does this appear in? Uh, one of the four. It's in John chapter five. <clears throat> okay, John. Interesting. Well, I was going to say if it was Luke, it, it, it would be one thing. You remember because he was the uh, the medical professional. But it but- wasn't. So don't say that. Yeah, so I won't. So, so skip everything I'm about to say. But I think it's really cool that they, that they take time to to say what needs to happen. And Jesus obviously comes out and you know shows that it's all about His glory. And I don't even remember the second thing because I got interrupted by you. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. No, that's nothing says Forte Catholic more than me interrupting you in the midst of your spiritual thought. But um, <laughs> I'll, I'll be right back. Uh, my interview with Matthew Sewell from the Popecast is going to be airing right now. The first half of it, you can listen to the second half over on his podcast, the Popecast. And then Sean will be joining me again for the final segment of the day where, uh, you know, we're going to be talking about some things that I'm very excited about and can't pull up my notes fast enough. Um, but yeah, we're going to do it. I'll be back in just a few minutes. Don't go anywheres. Christopher, where are your socks? Um, they're in the dirty hamper. In the dirty hamper because they're dirty? Yes. What is your coolest pair of socks? Um, green pair of socks, I guess. You have a green pair of socks. Do you know what my coolest pair of socks are? The church ones. The church ones, exactly. All the all the socks from Sock Religious. So I want everybody to go buy yourself some socks for the stockings, some socks for yourself, and some socks for all of your loved ones. Loved ones? Loved ones, I guess. And loved or loved, who cares? Uh, ForteCatholic.com slash socks gets you 15% off and will make you the coolest person on Christmas morning, well, I guess other than Jesus. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am still Taylor Schroll. I did not get taken over during the break, uh, but someone tried. I fought them off valiantly. Uh, no people have been harmed too bad. Not harmed too bad in this process, but um, I would advise that they seek medical attention. But I, I'm here. Uh, I kicked Sean McAfee out. Uh, maybe he he's who I attacked. And now we've got... Uh, a person who I just realized I actually met in person <laughs> a couple of years ago. We both just kind of realized this. He's like, hey, did you know that I worked for Flocknote? And I'm like, I've met you. It was in California, in San Jose, California, like three summers ago. Uh, Matthew Sewell, the host of the Popecast, is here. Uh, what's up, Matt? Not a whole lot. Just, you know, uh, awaiting patiently, maybe not so patiently, the, the birth of Jesus and all the delicious food and dessert items that come with christmas so i forgot yeah. to tell you this is airing after christmas so we're not awaiting oh, jesus wow. so act act excited yes very excited uh for having you know eaten all of the delicious <laughs> food items that i can confidently say my wife's family who we're spending christmas with this year are uh food snobs in the best possible way so we have been spoiled i can say confidently what's, what's ironic is you said i said to say it excitedly that jesus was here and you were more excited about waiting for jesus than you were about jesus showing up <laughs> you're like i'm so excited jesus is almost here and i'm like jesus is actually already here and you're like well I'm, we're eating the food i guess i'm not sure <laughs> but uh months ago months ago 
you reached out on on Twitter. Our our shows were talking to each other in the DMs. Not not me and you. Our shows. So Forte Catholic was in a DM with the Popecast, and I, I sent out a tweet or something that I was super excited about the movie The Two Popes coming out. And you were like, "Hey, would you like to do a two part episode um, on each other's shows uh, whenever the movie comes out?" I'm like, absolutely. We both thought the movie came out in November. Uh, we both found out that we were wrong because it came out in select theaters. So definitely not mine. Didn't come out on uh, on Netflix until last weekend. We've both watched it. We're finally here. The long-awaited thing has come, and it was not Jesus. It is the two popes came out five days before <laughs> Jesus showed up. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to have we're having the first part of the conversation here. We're having the second half of the conversation on your podcast, the Pope Cast. Uh, so before we even get started, how can people find it? And then what is what's the deal with the Pope Cast? Why do you do it? Yeah, so the Popecast, you can find it uh, wherever podcasts are they're not sold. sold. They're all free. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you can also find it just at thepopecast.fm, thepopecast.fm. Uh, there's links to all of your favorite podcast apps there. But yeah, it uh, it came out of actually a, a side project for my day job at Flocknote. Uh, we did this series called Popes in a Year. Uh, we used to do a long time ago, Gospels in a Year, so you can get a, you know, a gospel once a day. Um, for the whole year, the same for the catechism, and we we um, decided to switch it up and did a short entry on every pope from Peter to Francis for a whole year, and it's recently completing its uh, fourth iteration. Um, and so about early, I think, 2018, I was just kind of reflecting on how there was so much more to these stories of the popes of history that most people just know John Paul, Benedict, and Francis and probably Peter, and maybe Paul VI, and maybe John the Twenty-Third. But beyond that, we don't really know much about any of them. And there's just a lot uh, to um, to their story, a lot that they add to church history in terms of kind of a robust understanding of it anyway. So, um, and I also at the time, I was also a huge, I'm still a huge fan of Mike Rose podcast, the, the Dirty Jobs guy, Mike Rose podcast, right, the right. way I did it, which are just like little 10, 12-minute uh, short interesting stories about he he says in kind of a mystery sort of way but um, anyways so uh the two of those kind of came together love for the popes and love for that podcast and and just do these short bios as i like to say at the beginning uh for history buffs who have neither the time nor the interest in in cracking open the dry dusty history book um, so they're really easily accessible you learn about one pope um each and we've done i think 35 or so 34 35 episodes uh on each of the popes. So yeah, there's, there's really not much more to it. Uh, I don't know if it's creativity or just how strange people in Catholic podcasting are, but you were like, here's what I want to do. I want to combine the Pope with undercover bosses. So essentially <laughs> like the Pope is the undercover boss of God or like God is the undercover boss of the Pope and he's in charge now. So I kind of feel like the Pope is the undercover boss. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, sometimes good, sometimes bad. You're, you yeah, so you're you're insane, and I love every bit of it. So I, I like I listened to a couple of the episodes. The first episode that I listened to, it, it was funny because like you have all these popes, and there's like all the good ones, and I skipped all of those. And you were like, "This is one of the worst popes ever." I'm like, "That's the one I'm gonna listen to." So uh, people should go check it out. Um, but we are here uh, to talk about the two popes. You've talked about many on your podcast, but the the movie that came out from Netflix um, about uh, the relationship between uh, Pope Benedict XVI and Pope Francis, and it's it's interesting because like I, I I've seen a I've seen a lot of silence about the movie. I have I actually haven't seen a lot of people do it uh, talking about it, which is interesting. And I think it's because there was a lot of controversy with Catholics and Netflix earlier this week anyway for something else. And then I was like, 
Look, I loved it. I don't, I don't, I, don't, I have, we haven't talked yet. I loved the movie. I, 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 I adored it. I cried at the end. They were just, for me, it was a beautiful story of friendship. I saw one person really negative and they're like, this isn't truthful and historical. So just like, like it's most of the movie is private conversations between Benedict and Francis. Obviously we don't know what they said. It's not like, you know, Obama wiretapped the, the Vatican. Like we don't know what, what was said <laughs> there, you know, like that we know of. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was Putin. So we, we don't know what's going on. So it's not like everything that was said is historical facts, even though it's based on real things. Like it's based on Benedict's papacy and him stepping down for the first time, you know, a pope doing that for the first time in hundreds of years and mm. and uh, like kind of their differences and how that they do things. And so like I, I loved it. What, what were your like just overall thoughts before we dive in? Yeah. So uh, if you'd asked me after 30 minutes of the movie, I would have said I hated it. And if I wasn't doing this interview, I think I texted my wife while I was watching, I was like, if I'm not, if I wasn't doing this interview with Taylor, I would just like shut it off. Cause it was just, yeah, that was my thoughts for the first 30 minutes. By the end, I was much more neutral and we can get into the, you know, the nitty gritty sure. um, in, a, in a bit, but overall, I mean, I think it's, I thought it was okay. I mean, I, I also cried at the end. Um, admittedly, I liked it a lot more as it got closer to the end, not because it was about to be over, but because it actually like got better. I liked that it dove deeply into Francis's life. I thought like in terms of a, little like snapshot of Ben and who he is and things like that. I think from all I've read about him, I think it was actually pretty accurate for about Francis about Benedict, not even close, but overall I liked it. Um, But at the same time, it's like, it's, you know, if Hollywood made a movie about the two popes, this is exactly what you would get, what you would expect to get. I would say. What's interesting about you saying that is like, I would disagree slightly on what you just said, because I thought it was going to be much worse. <laughs> I, I really did. Like when it was like, cause when you and I talked about it, like the trailer looked amazing and it's Anthony Hopkins. Who's one of my favorite actors. He's been in a bunch of things, especially recently that I've really enjoyed. Like he's just killing it as an older man. Um, mm-hmm. And then I, I, in watching game of Thrones, they cast the guy who played Francis in this, in the season of game of Thrones that was all about, like the religious leader, like they cast him because he looked like Pope Francis on purpose. Right. And then, then he, like his next big role is being Pope Francis. So just watching these two juggernauts go at, like as a piece of art, I was very much looking forward to mainly just watching Anthony Hopkins play Benedict. Uh, because like I, I adore Benedict the 16th and I, and I, and I love Francis too. And I think like I come in with a, like, it seems that especially like on the internet, you have to pick one. You have to pick loving Francis or you have to pick loving Benedict. And like, I love both of them. And I, I, and I, they do things very differently. And I, and I, I understand that. Um, But, but I do love both of them. And it was, it was interesting for me because the Hollywoodification of like them kind of going at it, like, like we know that there's some of that that's true, right? They, they are there. There's differences in opinions in how they, they, they do things. We can see that literally just by how they've done things, right? Like, it's not like we don't have to have private conversations between them. Just in the way that Benedict's papacy was and Francis' papacy was, there have been differences. But I came into it thinking it was just going to bash Catholicism. And I thought, like, even though it might not be historical for these two popes, it was a beautiful story of of Catholicism, um, in my opinion. So. Yeah, I think, and like the imagery to, to um, speak to, like the how they actually like it was a very well made movie like bar none I mean like the the visuals even at the end uh, this doesn't count as a spoiler I don't think but like they actually had like clips of Benedict meeting Francis and like when Benedict left the Vatican for the last you I think it was from such a distance that you shouldn't have been able to tell but you could tell it was like actually Benedict 
it was the actual footage of him getting on uh, Pope Force One. I don't know what the helicopter is. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just call it that. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, Pope Force One, yeah. Uh, but flying away to Castle Gandalf for the last time he was leaving the Vatican. Like, so, I mean, visually, it was exquisite. Um, I think Steve the Missionary, shout out, uh, said on Twitter the other day that uh, the musical choices in the two popes were interesting. But, like, there was the one scene. It was, it was interesting, but it was kind of perfect when Francis was in. Was he Francis yet or was he still Cardinal Bergoglio? I forget. But he was in, this, in the Sistine Chapel looking around. And there was the organ music, but then over the top of it was a saxophone. Right. Uh, just playing this kind of riff, the solo riff or whatever it was. And it was like really, really weird But at, on one hand, but also just really exquisite on the other hand and kind of perfect for uh, for the music. Because there's something about Francis, I think, that is very, uh, to use Twitter parlance, very trad. Um, but at the same time, he's not, he doesn't fall into any specific box. So it's like the, you know, there's, I don't know. I was just kind of reflecting on how beautiful that was. Um, yeah. Even though it wasn't quite, wasn't something you normally see. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause it was like, that, that was one of the big connections in words in the film. And then they did it with the music where it was like, they were making this correlation, like even like Benedict in the movie says, it's like, look, I like there have been times where I've been too much in my books and and not as much with with the people, right? And what whether he's he said that or not, like I, I'm just going to continue the the our conversation today talking about the characters in the movie, right? Because I don't yeah. want people yelling at me about me saying that Benedict said this, right? But the characters <laughs> in the movie, um, we learn great, valuable, and beautiful lessons from from each of the characters. Where he's like, I, I've been so stuck, like in my knowledge, because he's one of the best theologian popes that we've ever had, you know, especially in yeah. the last 500 years or so. And he's like that. That it was harder for me to connect to the people. And here's Francis, who's not as as intellectually savvy. And like you know, we we see that like he's he's much less careful with how he words things and that and that sort of thing. But he is connected with the world more than than Benedict had, right? Like we you know we right. saw John Paul II, like especially like I work in youth ministry, like he connected with people all over the world. Benedict mm. was just just older and a different personality, right? And then person and then uh, Francis coming on and like that connection between. Like he's in one of the most beautiful and oldest churches in the world. And yet there's this organ music playing. So it is the traditional and it's this jazz, like the music of his people. Like, you know, like where, you know, like I, I thought that was beautiful. The connection of the two, the connection of, of the church and just tradition and, 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 and the world. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, that was one of the pieces I think at the, at the end, again, kind of humanizes Francis. I mean, I think it's, well, it's, maybe a little glib, but like to compare Francis to Jesus in that sense, where he doesn't fit into a specific box where I really like that. I, at the beginning of the movie, what I really disliked was how they portrayed Benedict as like this guy who was seeking out the office of the papacy, which I don't think was true at all. Right. Uh, but then like, but Francis or Ricardo Bergoglio at that time, everybody's like whispering in his ear, like, Oh, you should be like, you're going to be the next guy to be the one. He's like, no, please. No, I just want to go home. I actually want to retire all these things. Uh, and then at the end, you start to just kind of see these. I forget where I was going with the point, but you, it's it kind of humanizes him, where people like to put him into a box, but he doesn't fit into any any box. I think at the beginning they were kind of trying to say that he's, you know, like this, uh, trying to undermine the work of the church or anything like that, which again I don't think is true. But at the end, it, it gets more, I think, to how he actually seems to be, where he's uh, he just wrestles with things internally a lot, feels a lot of guilt for how he. You know, which I found out was actually true. He's, uh, you know, may or may not have went through his, uh, he inadvertently sold out his Jesuit confreres by trying to, you know, um, get them to leave their mission and with all right. that was going on. Try, the time. Trying to protect them and, and it ended up 
they, they still got hurt and they didn't like him anymore. Uh, when right, he, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, he was a guy who, you know, faithfully heard confessions and faithfully lived his exile when the Jesuits just sent him far away and then, like, bouncing back where Benedict is hearing his confession in this way and all these things um, was just really beautiful. And I don't know. I mean, people want to paint Francis as this, you know, pagan worshiping, like, crazy, liberal, progressive, whatever sort of guy. And he's just trying to, you know, steer the church to the ways where she just kind of shied away from like Jesus was, you know, uh, obviously like the fullness of the truth. And I think we've like shirked part of the truth because it's uncomfortable. Right. Uh, sure. So and, like in terms of what it can teach us. Yeah. I think that was, it, it was, it was pretty good in that sense. Yeah. Like that, that whole ministry to the peripheries was absolutely seen in the movie. And you said something that was interesting about, about Benedict. It's like, uh, you know, they kind of showed him like, Oh, like vying for this position. And like, I, I agree with you. I don't think he actually did it. But what's interesting is like whenever he's talking to Cardinal Bergoglio at the time, um, he, he said that being Pope is kind of like being a martyr, you know, in, in their conversation. And it's like, like the papacy is a hard job, you know, like, so like it, it is. And, and then what's interesting is like, there's this theme in the movie. And I think there's this theme within Catholicism. There's this theme within like some of our favorite story, you know, like just, the world's favorite stories, you know, your, the Bible in Harry Potter, in, uh, in Game of Thrones, in uh, the Marvel series, which we talked about earlier in the first segment. It's like the, the I don't want it is the people that don't want the power that would be great having the power. Like we hear this all the time. And I didn't realize that that was a quote from Plato until watching this movie. And they're, they're sitting there quote, quoting Plato, like those who don't want it. And we see we see Francis like, yeah, like he got the second most votes in, in when when Pope Benedict was was elected and and he wanted to retire. He's like I want to retire, I want to retire, I want to retire and they were like no, you're the pope now. Dang it. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, which, like, that still baffles me. Just like the movie aside, it still baffles me when I see him that he is 83, right? 83 or 84. Yeah, I think he's, well, he's had a birth, birthday, so he's 84. Like he's 84 years old. Are you kidding me? How many 84-year-olds do you know who like have trouble getting around town, let alone getting around the like the freaking world, right? I mean, right. And, and saying sentences perfectly that are theologically uh, perfect on airplanes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> let's like cut the guys in slack a little bit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So um, we're going to c- continue this conversation on your show on the Popecast. Uh, you said at the beginning, but how can people go find this? So, like right after listening to this, they can go find the second half of this conversation. We're going to go kind of through the story and, and pull out some of our favorite parts. Uh, how can they go listen to it? Yeah, so if you're an Apple fan, just go on Apple Podcasts and search for The Popecast. If not, just go to thepopecast.fm, thepopecast.fm, and there's just links to all of the the different podcast apps, whatever you you like to listen to it on. So, yeah, looking forward to having you. Awesome. Well, Matt, um, thanks for coming on this show. I'm going to play music, and then you and I are going to keep talking, so hopefully people (laughs) will will jump over and go listen. Um, So, yeah, go, go listen to that, and then for the rest of you that are listening... Uh, to the Fort Together podcast. If you are on the radio, I'll be right back for my third segment with Sean McAfee. Don't go anywhere unless you're going to listen to the Popecast, which I'd be totally fine with. All right, I'll be right back. Christopher, do you know what Patreon is? No. No? Well, neither does any other people. Patreon's a way for me to be able to feed you. Do you like to eat? Yes. What's your favorite food? Yogurt. Yogurt. Well, I can't buy you any yogurt unless people give to patreon.com slash Forte Catholic. They can get all the bonus content like me 
struggling through this to try to edit content out of what Christopher is talking about. So if you want more bonus content like my son, we'll maybe get my daughter in here at some point now that we're recording in the home that they live in. Uh, But you also get great bonus content with our guests and our co-hosts. Hey, Christopher, I love you. I love you too. Oh, thank you, Bubba. Bye! Oh, you have more? Why do we have a church? So we can go and pray all together. Do you like praying with other people? No. Well, that's because people suck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, say see ya. See ya. Bye. And read about the Bible. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I'm your host, Taylor Droll, and as promised, the old Sean McAfee is back for this segment. And, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, we'll see how this whole thing goes. Maybe I'll fire him at the end. Who knows? Uh, but Sean, you said something in our first segment. Uh, we didn't have time to get into it then, but we have to get into it. Uh, I know the story, but you need to share it with the people. You said that you were miraculously saved from a healing with a, or from a healing. You were miraculously <laughs> saved from being healed. You were miraculously yep. saved from a stabbing with a nun. And that's not a story that we hear very often over here on the old Catholic radio and podcast streets. So what the heck are you talking about? Yeah. So I was, uh, I took a Uber, um, from crystal city, DC to the Basilica, the shrine of the immaculate conception and here's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to go to confession. I wanted to say a few prayers. I wanted to walk around some of the some of the chapels that, that I know are there. And I wanted to go across the street to the Dominican House of Studies because I'm a late Dominican. I want to see if I can get anything from the gift shop and use some books. Like so for after, free? You're like, hey, I'm one of you. Give me a book. Hey, guys, guess who I am? No, they'd probably be disappointed to find out who I am. Most but, of us are. So, yeah, so so I get done doing those first few things and I start, I head out and I, you know, the, the Dominican house stays right across the street. Like there's one parking lot in the street. It's, you, it Very, stays there, you say. So it's not a mobile home that moves around the, the rounding city. No, the, the, the you know, the, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's such a, a strange way to say it's that. The beautiful, like castle looking building. I've always wanted to go there. So I, I start to head like maybe 20 paces from. Basilica into the parking lot, and I and I go up to the sister and I say, "Hi, sister. I'm a late Dominican. You, are you from the Dominican House of Studies?" She says, "Yes." And I say, "Is there a bookstore there?" She says, "No. You know that's one of the misconceptions. We don't sell books. It's, it's very academic there. It's it's just for the learning." And I say, "Okay. Well, do you know if they have a bookstore inside here in the Basilica? I didn't see one." She says, "Yes. Let let me show you. I go there every morning." And so she takes me in, and I look around for a few seconds. I buy a couple things for my kids. And then I come outside and and I with for my Uber, literally like maybe ten minutes later, and cops and the fire people, the fire people, the fire, fire, the fire people. people. It, we're ve- know, we're, fire, we're very welcoming here. We don't want to use gender specific names. The I fire have people. A vocabulary. I have a, 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 a vocabulary. So, so the police, all the first responders are coming into the parking lot. Sirens are going off, and I'm like, very selfish at this point. I'm thinking. Oh my gosh, my Uber is not going to be able to get get here because they're going to, you know, get blocked in the traffic, and I'm not going to be able to make it back to my event that I got to be there in a half hour for. I'm glad, like you sharing that insight into yourself, just makes me feel so much better as a human person. Th- do go on. 
So, I, I mean, literally, I was I was thinking pretty selfishly because I'm thinking, okay, this is first responders. It could have been anything. And they're probably not even stopping here. They're probably going way past. But so they pass. I get in my Uber. I go home. And then I check Facebook. And somebody says, Sean, are you okay? I know that you just tagged me in a post from the Basilica. And I said, yeah, what happened? They said, somebody was stabbed several times in the parking lot. And there's a police standoff until the person backed down and was arrested. And I'm like, no way. Like, Literally that, and and I looked up, you know, over the course of the next few days, I started following the the story as it developed, and you know, all the details came out. And literally, like a minute after me and this nun went in to the basilica, some guy came through the parking lot. It was a crime a crime of passion, so he knew who he was targeting, and he pinned one of the security people there against another car. And another security guard was trying to go over to help her and got stabbed several times. They had the police standoff after that. I just, I'm so thankful because I just imagine the, the route that this guy came in was the exact route that my Uber was going to come into. The, the parking lot that I met the nun in was where this incident happened. I saw the security guards out there. It's just grisly to me to think of like how precious that little second was where God and me and this nun you know, could have been in the middle of this incident and, and knowing the person I am, I probably would have tried to go get involved immediately um, in some capacity, but I was probably God protecting that, that poor nun more than, more than he was protecting me. So it's just a really cool moment. Um, it was actually pretty scary. And, and honestly, after you have, a, you know, like such a close encounter like that, um, even though I, you know, wasn't personally like scarred or anything, like you have mixed feelings and I've had mixed feelings walking away from this. Like, man, I, kind of wish that it happened while I was there. So I could have maybe prevented it or, but maybe that prevent preventation, maybe that action was, was actually what God intended me taking that nun away from there and bringing her into the Basilica a little quicker. That's, that's my takeaway on it. Anyways, it's a really weird incident. Yeah. I remember talking to you right after and, and, and that confliction came through where it's like, man, um, if I, you know, Sean is, is literally in the country to receive an award for being such a good soldier of, of Italy. And, and like here you here you are like you know like you're being very modest you're like oh i wish i could have been there because they wouldn't have needed a police standoff because i would have fixed it yeah that's what i'm saying <laughs> uh, but at the same time like i think the real moral of this story is uh is all around one question are you ready for the question okay did you tip your Uber driver well and give them a compliment in the app? Because I don't, oh, yeah. I don't think it's ever been a compliment in the app. My dro- my driver saved me from imminent death or or deep harm. I didn't know it until like I got back to the hotel, so I I didn't know to thank her for that. And I always, well, I can't say I always because I don't always, but I try to tip and leave that that stuff right after my phone reminds me, which is like the moment you dropped off, it's like hey, leave a tip, you know, as if you're still in the car. I wish that was real. I wish that, like, right when you got to your place, I was like, "Hey, leave a tip." <laughs> and it actually just gives voice. you an audible warning on your phone. <laughs> right, that would be awesome. Okay, well, good. I'm glad you didn't. I'm glad you didn't get stabbed. I'm glad that uh, that. I mean, we'll just go ahead and say that you saved that nun from from imminent danger, and that everyone's ultimately okay. I'm glad that that is the case. Hooray! Okay. Um. If you would have been stabbed, you would have needed a healing because you would have been bleeding profusely, correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It would have been awesome. I'm gonna, that's, that's not the correct answer. Um, I'm going to tell another, another healing story. We got to one healing story earlier in, uh, earlier in the show that was kind of the end of my advent into this Christmas season. 
And now, uh, this is kind of the story that's kind of getting um, that I'm trying to focus on this Christmas as you try everything to not focus on me as I talk to you. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Okay, cool. So, um, speaking of bleeding profusely, there was a woman afflicted with hemorrhages for 12 years. This is in Mark chapter 5. Hey, both of these stories were in chapter 5, just in different books. Look at, look at this. I love this story. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, she had sh- suffered greatly at the hands of many doctors and had spent all that she had. So, uh, one, when I shared this, uh, one, of my, one of my friends who is a doctor, and he's an infectious disease doctor, uh, oh. he was sitting right in front of me and I was like, so she went to, she went to Dr. Sullivan and he couldn't, he couldn't do anything. So she wasted all of her money and that's how Dr. Sullivan has a nice house or something, something along those lines. Right? <laughs> so here's this lady. She's absolutely desperate, right? Just completely desperate. She has tried everything. She's done everything she can. She did like the practicals we were talking about earlier. She's done everything. Uh, suffered at the hands of many doctors has no money left. Yet, not only did she not get better, she got worse. And it's like, hmm, have I ever felt like this spiritually where I actually do try and then I might tithe a little bit and then uh, I feel like I'm getting worse. I feel like I'm getting further away from God. Are are you talking about Rocket League? No. life? No. But this is fitting. You talking about Rocket League right now in, in a context that doesn't make any sense whatsoever is fitting for the next part of our conversation. We can always fit it in. We, we'll get there. We'll get there in a minute. So uh, she had heard about Jesus. This, this woman was completely desperate. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. She said, if I but touch his clothes, I shall be cured. Now you, as a person who is an author and an editor, I feel like there could have been an edit in this part of the scripture. Not, it's not a mistake. They should have just flipped those words. Because when I, everybody hears that, whenever you hear those two sentences, she went up and touched Jesus' cloak, and then she said, if I but touch his clothes, I shall be cured. As an editor, what do you think about that scenario? Well, the chronology might present itself to, to a simplistic reader. Like, hey, did she think that after she touched it? But right. it, it does make sense editorially, I guess. I, <laughs> I like how you say to a simplistic reader because it's absolutely how I'm reading it. H- yeah. How this well, actually... No, no. The edit I noticed before that is is even a worse a worse tragedy to me because it was about... Um, was it, is it the hands of the doctors? And I'm thinking, so she suffered at the hands of these doctors? At the hands of somebody means they're the ones who dealt the suffering. Yeah, I think they I think they tried. It was I mean like So it's basically medical malpractice. But I mean 2000 years ago they didn't have medicine. They only had medical malpractice. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so Go ahead. uh so here's how this actually reads. She walks up to Jesus and touches his cloak and as she touches his cloak she says, if I but touch his clothes, I shall be cured. And immediately she was healed. <laughs> like she said she had to have said it as she's touching his cloak because um, Jesus, aware at once that the power had gone out from him, turned around in the cloud and asked, who touched my clothes? So she touched his clothes. Immediately he turned around. She's still in the process of saying, if I but touch his clothes. Okay, now I'm, I'm done making fun of the edit. Okay. But- yeah, there's, there's no there's no cutoff hype in the cutoff. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Uh, I feel like she's thought that. It also said that she said it and not thought it, which is weird. Like she's just in the crowd. We Like it happened before, right? She had this thought. If I but touch his cloak, <laughs> people next to her are like, what are you talking about? Everybody heard her say <laughs> What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, but Jesus didn't know who she was. Okay. So Jesus, aware at once, the power <laughs> gone out, who touched my clothes? And then his disciples being the disciples. Uh, like You see the crowd pressing upon you, and yet you ask, 
who touched your clothes? <laughs> so, and then it says, and he looked around to see who had done it. He just ignores the disciples. Like, I wouldn't ask the question if I didn't mean it. What do you mean who touched you? Um, disciples, I meant who touched me because that's the question I asked. <laughs> but don't you think being the son of God, he already knew who? He's just given, given the witnessed opportunity to this old lady. Well, that makes the next part weird. You might be right, Sean. Like that's I think that's the holy answer. But it's also weird because he asks and then she comes up to him trembling in fear. <laughs> so yeah. if like she does. So like who touched me? He looked around. Fear, fear, fear equaling in this case, total embarrassment. Right. Yeah. Uh, she approached in fear and trembling, realizing what had happened to her. She fell down before Jesus and told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has saved you. Go in peace and be cured of your affliction. Okay, uh, so here's the thing that stuck out to me. In the, also, in the midst of this Advent season that was rough, but it was like the last hope as we move in to this Christmas season, right? Because That's the next Star Wars film, The Last Hope. The Last Hope. The, the Last Jedi, The First Hope, A New Hope. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Star Wars Episode the la- 10. The Last Strike Back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so here's the deal. Like, I think a lot of times when I'm not doing well, well spiritually, I feel like guilt, condemnation. I feel like, oh, I need to do it all, right? But he, like this, this woman got healed by Jesus because she believed she had heard that he had power, and she was in the midst of a time of desperate need, right? She had tried all these things. It's like, I, like I'm in a need to experience Jesus in a new and fresh, fresh way this Christmas season. Like I'm not as desperate as she is. You know, to be healed, like I, I, I understand that, but there's obviously a corollary here. It's like I'm desperate to hear from yeah. God again. I'm desperate yeah. to to connect with Him again. Um, but here's the thing: like this woman heard about Jesus, she actually did something that had never been done before. She heard about Jesus' power, and like she had the the belief and the faith. If I just touch His cloak, He had not yet healed anybody by them touching him. It was always by his words or by him touching their eyes or touching their ears. Like this is complete new faith from a person who barely knows about Jesus. She's just desperate. Right. Hmm. And and like, it it was very healing for me. Like I read this like two days before Christmas and it was like, I don't need to be a perfect saint before I come to Jesus to receive healing. Because this woman did it out of desperation and not real, not having a relationship with him, right? So if yeah. I want my relationship to be healed, I don't need it to be healed before I go to Jesus. I need to go to Jesus for it to be healed, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, you said you liked this story too. What, what do you like about it? Again, just like the first segment, I'm, I am just profoundly in awe of the 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 fact that these gospel narr- narrators went through the difficulty of telling the story and basically eliminating all other possibilities other than Jesus being the center of attention and the cause of these wonderful miracles the, these the, i like that you point out you know the difference between Jesus seeking somebody out as a healer you know part of that apostolic ministry like the anointing of the sick but also them actively coming to him in petition of that we see that frequently with the saints. There, there's actually some funny stories to share, but we're probably out of time. We are out of time. And you know what? You're out of time. You're fired. And I mean, right, and I mean you're fired because 
You just keep bringing up Rocket League. But this you is- can't fire. I quit. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what's happening. Um, so uh, your first appearance ever. Surprise. You brought you brought up Rocket League. <laughs> you brought up Rocket League in the middle of a show, and it made no sense to anybody. And here you are on your last show as a co-host because uh, nothing says Christmas season um, than uh, people that I love walking out on me. So like like <laughs> Sam did it. Producer Sam did it last year, and it brought in all these co-hosts. You've been here for a year, and then. And you were like, I don't like you anymore. I'm done with you. Something like that. Right? Oh, that's not what I said. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I heard. Well, thank you for having me on the podcast for so long. It's It's been wonderful. Yeah, it really has been fun. I, I've enjoyed getting to know you more. Uh, and this is your last time as a co-host. Something about you having to, like, you don't have enough time because you're writing a new book every three weeks or something. Actually, unfortunately, I can't get a contract right now. Pray for that intention. But uh, also, I doubt, I highly doubt this is my last time as a co-host. Well, here's the deal. It is your last time as a co-host because you I quit. challenge you but, to not let me be a co-host again. But, okay, here's the deal. This is your last time as a co-host. But because you, co- like, as a co-host, you've come on about once a month or so for the last year. Uh, but since you write a new book every three weeks, I'm sure you'll be back as a periodic guest once every month or two or three promoting your new book. Um, I'll pick every third one, meaning you'll come <laughs> on every three months or so. So, uh, Sean, thanks for being a part of this show for the last year. Thanks for deciding that you hate me and leaving me at this Christmas time. I, re- I really appreciate that. Walking out on you, as you say. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, what's new? Um, I need some healing from the old Jesus, and apparently Sean does too, because he's a jerk. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's been great doing the show with you, and I wish you the best of luck in your next three books that you'll finish over the next three weeks. But that Can is I our. Interrupt you? Can I interrupt you on the way out? Sure. Go ahead. That... No, start start the outro. Music. Okay, I'll start the outro music, and you'll make me angry one last time. Okay, here we go. Uh, so t- this, that that's today's show. That's our Christmas show. Merry Christmas, everybody. That's all I got. Well, uh, Sean's not going to say anything. I'll be back next week. Sean will never be back. Say it! Hey there, everybody. It is Taylor. I just wanted to let you know that we have a brand new sponsor for the show, Libertas Alive. If you follow me on Instagram or Twitter, you've seen me wearing some of this awesome, awesome Catholic gear. I love Libertas stuff, uh, and I know you will too. So a couple things about Libertas. It means freedom in Latin, and yes, uh, for those of you who have listened to the show before, I'm not smart enough to know that. I'm reading off of a text that uh, the guy who started it sent me. You've heard him before. Uh, He's been on the show to talk about his recovery from alcoholism and how he's doing so great now. We love Leo. He's great. So that's what Libertas means. Alive comes from the idea that when we grow closer to God, the more fully alive we are. If you've seen the logo, it's called Navigating with Faith, uh, Navigating with the Light of Faith. Henceforth, the logo is the sun and the compass. He's hoping to encourage guys to live a high adventure life and high adventure faith. I know this is quick, but if you order by December 13th, we can guarantee that it will be there for Christmas. Some great gear, some shirts. Uh, I just got a hoodie. It's it's dope stuff, man. So go to ForteCatholic.com slash alive, A-L-I-V-E, to get 15% off all this stuff right now. And maybe one day, just maybe, you'll look as cool as me.